And welcome back to the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson, my partner in crime. And John, we got a lot to get to, especially with the breaking news of the Christian McCaffrey trade. But how are you doing today? Doing all right. I updated lots of projections, which I'll talk about uh, on the pod here. But uh, it's been quite a morning. Yeah, you were telling us before the podcast, you were basically waking up thinking about touch shares for 49ers. So I can only imagine how the morning went for you. But we will get to the Christian McCaffrey news in a little bit. We we have John's Thursday Night Takeaways today. This week's biggest fantasy storylines, of course, highlighted by the Christian McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey news that he he's traded to the 49ers. I'll talk a little bit about that Prescott injury roundup. Uh, of course, our sleeper sneaky start of the week, and then get into John's sneaky starts as well as the the breakout model. Let's start off with the Thursday night football game, John. You figured at some point we were going to get a high scoring game on a Thursday night. It, the uh, pr- the last two Thursday night matchups, one didn't even include a, a touchdown. You had the Colts and the Broncos. Uh, Bears and, and Commanders didn't fail to disappoint from a non scoring standpoint. But last night, the Saints and the Cardinals. Both both kind of went off in the Cardinals' 42-34 victory. Um, a couple of things that I know you wanted to touch on. There's two storylines. One, DeAndre Hopkins makes his return. He, he catches 10 of 14 targets for 103 yards in that victory over the Saints. But Eno Benjamin, he rushes 12 times for 92 yards and a score. Also caught four four passes for 21 additional yards. And I think the question now becomes, you know, is, is he an RB1? Yeah, is he the RB1 in Arizona? I don't think that we're quite to that uh level yet i mean he had uh and it's funny with these uh backup guys that they get the chance they it seems like everybody gets excited about them i was a little bit excited about him last week and he flopped and then everybody's like oh he's terrible and then the following <laughs> week is when they actually have a good game uh when they you know are able to start two games in a row or more um, I, I still think that James Conner, uh, if he could come back fairly soon, uh, will come back to his typical role. I mean, they did they were using Eno Benjamin pretty significantly prior to the Conner injury. Uh, and I think he'll continue uh, to, to play a role in the backfield, but I think they want Conner to be the number one. Um, but, you know, the question is, you know, when is he going to be healthy enough to play? He's got this rib injury. He was a uh, questionable game time decision for this game. And since it was a Thursday game, he's got the 10 days now to get healthy. I, I would expect him back. Now, I won't rank him anywhere near an RB1 level, but he'll be, you know, RB2 mix, especially if we've got some teams on bye. And then I think uh, Benjamin will probably be an RB3. I don't think we see a big shift in this backfield just because of this game. I mean, you know, did well in one game and did poorly in the other game. So it's kind of a mixed bag. And then Hopkins, obviously, Hopkins makes his return. He comes, I mean, he comes in right out of the gates. Now you got to you got to keep in mind, Marquise Brown was injured. He did not play. They acquired Robbie Anderson to be kind of the deep threat now for um, Marquise Brown, but he he was just acquired, so it, it, it kind of set up perfectly for uh, DeAndre Hopkins to have a big game and Rondell Moore to to, to mix in as well. And, and I think both happened. But what were your thoughts? with Hopkins back in this offense. Yeah, I would just jumped on uh, to PFR to look at his uh, snap share. Uh, they typically have it up pretty quickly and 92% snap share for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that was the, you know, the one concern heading into the game was like, are they going to play him full snaps right away, right out of the gate? Like what sort of shape is he in? It's riskier with, it's a little bit risky with an older uh, receiver to play him that much after extended uh, football absence, but they did. Uh, he ended up with the 14 targets, 10 catches, 103 yards. 
and you mentioned Rondell Moore, just to touch on him, you know, I think uh, a lot of folks were expecting a, a bigger game out of him and he only had two targets, one catch, 31 yards, you know, nobody had more than uh, five targets other, you know, other than uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, Benjamin was second with five targets, Zach Ertz had four. Uh, so it really was the DeAndre Hopkins show. We might see this for a while now with uh, Marquise Brown uh, sideline for a stretch. All right, let's get into the the biggest storylines now that, that could impact fantasy managers, including the biggest news of the day, and that Christian McCaffrey was traded from the Carolina Panthers to the 49ers. The The NFL world thought that this could be a possibility, John, and and lo and behold, he, he gets dealt, and I think it's an absolute perfect fit given Kyle Shanahan's zone scheme. Uh, the McCaffreys know the Shanahan's very well, obviously, from – uh, Ed McCaffrey's days in Denver playing for Kyle's father. Not that that really matters from a fantasy perspective, but uh, when it comes to just the, just the fit, it's it's perfect. Uh, Carolina, we can get into them a little bit, but when you look at this from a fantasy perspective, what's the what's the fallout for San Francisco, uh, especially for a guy like Debo Samuel? Does this help him? Does it hurt him? Given that there's going to be some more touches that are, are spread around, what are your thoughts on the McCaffrey deal? Yeah. Okay. First, there's a lot of moving pieces here, so I just try to go through piecemeal. And if I forget anything, let me know, and Anthony. Yeah. Uh, but as far as for McCaffrey himself, great fit. I moved him up in the rest of season rankings. He was already at four or five, and I moved him up to two or three. Um, I think three. Uh, really good fit for him. He's joining a much better offense. Uh, he won't necessarily be the centerpiece of the offense, so there is some concern that he's not going to see that 25 touch workload that has supported him for so many years in Carolina, but the touches should be more efficient, more yardage on those, maybe more, you know, scores, more touchdowns on those because it's just a better overall offense. So I think it's a good move uh, on the whole for McCaffrey. Terrible for Elijah Moore. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of us were holding him, you know, waiting for him to come back here in a couple of weeks. And, you know, at best, he's the RB2 there now. And you're kind of looking at him as an injury attrition guy. That, oh, I said Elijah Moore. I meant Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. You got um, you got more on the, on the, on the brain. Yeah, I got sure. more. We're going to talk about Elijah Moore later. Elijah Mitchell. Um, I've, already, I've already forgotten his name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's, he you know, he, he's looking at, a, uh, at being more of an injury attrition guy. So he's, he's, a, he's a player you would hold like a – like an Alexander Madison, uh, you know, maybe there's a Dalvin Cook injury and he, you know, same kind of thing with Christian McCaffrey and, and uh, Elijah Mitchell at this point. I don't think he's going to see a whole lot of touches behind McCaffrey unless there's an injury. Uh, Jeff Wilson in the short term no longer looks like very startable. I think this week maybe you could still start him as a flex, but we just don't know, uh, you know, immediately. And I'll touch on that right now because I just mentioned it. The This week it sounds like McCaffrey flew, was on a, on a flight today, uh, they're tracking it on the interwebs. He's he's in Missouri right now. He's over your airspace. Anthony. Oh, nice! I'll so pick him he's up. gonna he's he's supposed to land, uh, you know, early today in California. Uh, I would assume that you know immediately meeting and getting you know getting in for the walkthrough. Uh, and what I saw uh, was reported was that he'd be in for a uh, you know handful of touches, have a red zone package, you know, for him. Uh, so I'm expecting about ten or twelve touches in his first game it's an important game it's against the chiefs it's a you know big game i don't think that they're going to give up all these assets and then not play him at all so 
that really knocks what Jeff Wilson down quite a bit because he's sort of a volume-driven RB2, and now he's looking like an RB3. Uh, and then uh, the impact on Debo. So he, they're, I mean, they're, not, they're actually kind of similar players. You look at the, you know Debo and, and Christian McCaffrey, really good pass catchers, uh, obviously good with the ball in their hands. I do wonder if this does take some of the rushing load off of Debo. He has been uh, had his rushing load uh, scaled back a little bit in recent weeks, um, so maybe his upside is not as high as it was. He does tend to do very well with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, move to him uh, after Trey Lance's injury is was good for Debo. So there's you know some good, and then there's some bad for him. Uh, and then with Brandon Ayuk and you know, George Kittle, uh, there's just fewer targets available and this is already tends to be a run heavy offense we'll see if it remains that way because now you have another pass catching weapon you have a pretty good quarterback and grapple do they maybe uh, throw the ball a little bit more and you know the the this is the pie is bigger in terms of the passing game um so i think i covered everything with regard to the 49ers let's just talk about carolina now because mm-hmm. i think the big thing is you know, who is the lead back there in that backfield? And we don't know. Uh, they, you know, Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard was the lead back last year. He was okay for them. His his yards per carry was three point something. It was pretty mediocre. Uh, pretty good pass catcher. He did he had a decent role uh, as a pass catcher there last year. Um, but not a great, like, efficient player or anything close to what McCaffrey was. They went out and signed Dante Foreman, who had a good stretch with the uh, Titans last year. Um, you know, he was over four yards per carry, uh, bigger guy. So what I think we're going to, neither player is amazing. Uh, so what I'll probably, we'll probably see is a committee with, uh, Foreman as the lead back, uh, Hubbard as the passing down back. If Foreman like takes off and is running really well, you know, 4.5, five yards per carry looking really good, then he might see more of a, a rushing load and start to approach that 15 to 20, uh, touches. But I think, you know, in the short term, we're looking at 13 to 15 carries for him, maybe a catch. And then, uh, you know, Hubbard sprinkling in for six to eight uh, touches. And some of those are going to be catches. And this is a bad offense. So you're, you know, you're splitting time with, you know, virtually no touchdown scored. It's it's not a, a situation where you want to run out and get these guys. However, if you're in a big league, uh, you need some running back help. Uh, I would pick up Foreman. Uh, I think he's a little bit better of a player. Uh, but really, it's, you know, if you look at their snaps and touches this year, they're so close uh, in terms of snaps. Touches are, I think, 12 to 9 or 12 to 7, uh, Foreman in the lead. So uh, just not a not a great uh, clarity in terms of what this backfield is going to look like. Before we move on, I, I do want to ask you, John, about DJ Moore. I, I selected him in one of my my leagues, and it was one of those picks where it's like, he's best available. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I, I don't like um, his fit in the offense, and I just I hate I didn't like Carolina's offense at all. Uh, but now they're calling him a foundational piece. Of course, you might as well say that because he's about the only talent you have now on on that offense with McCaffrey in San Francisco and Robbie Anderson now in Arizona. Does DJ Moore's touches start to increase? Does his workload start to increase? Yeah, I, I'm a fan of DJ Moore. I think he's a very talented player. I did think that this Baker Mayfield was going situation was going to be a quarterback upgrade for him, and it mm-hmm. has not turned out that way. Instead of getting that early career Baker Mayfield, that you know he was pretty decent with Cleveland in terms of throwing touchdowns, a lot more than what Sam Darnold threw 
last year, uh, better yardage as well. But just we've we've seen like post injury last year, Baker Mayfield so far it hasn't worked out. Can they get things ironed out? I don't know. They're going to start Walker this week. Um, Mayfield is dealing with an injury, and then Sam Darnold is coming back. So this is what's happening. Um, if you know, I think if you get Sam Darnold back, at least we know that he can support 1,100 yards uh, in a season for DJ Moore, and that may that maybe would upgrade him because it seems like the Mayfield move has been a downgrade for Moore. Mm-hmm. Now he should see a ton of targets. I mean, you're taking Christian McCaffrey out, uh, replacing him with Hubbard. I mean, I Moore should really be the the first read. You also have Robbie Anderson gone. I mean, really, you, more, more should see double-digit targets every single game and should break out of this slump just from volume alone. Even if he only catches 40 50% of them, he right. should break out of the slump that he's in. So, And there's also the theory that he might get traded. Now, I know they're saying he's a foundational piece, but that might be a signal uh, to teams to say, okay, you better if you're going to come try to trade for him, you better give us a big a big offer because we do value them pretty high. And I, you know, I, if I were the Panthers, I don't think I would trade him. It depends on how quickly they're trying to turn this around. Yeah. He's a good player. He just signed a recent, uh, you know, new contract. So I don't, I don't know that, that they want to move him. I think it, it, this just seemed like a, a Robbie Anderson's and uh McCaffrey specific uh, trades for them to, to try to rebuild around uh, more and a, a decent defense and try to get their quarterback in the next draft. Yeah. Uh, John, moving on to Dak Prescott, he's set to return this this weekend for the Cowboys. I think the biggest question, though, is they they won games with Cooper Rush just managing the game. Their defense is their strength. They've got a couple of backs. I know that Ezekiel Elliott has not been uh, the workforce guy, but they've got good a couple of good explosive players in Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. Noah Brown's a, a talented young wide receiver. Do you think from a fantasy perspective – we see the Cowboys just start chucking it again, or do they do, do they kind of keep things status quo, knowing that they can win on the strength of their defense? That's an interesting question because last year we did see the Cowboys really turn pass heavy towards the end of the season last year. So, you know, heading into 2022, you would sort of expect that same sort of philosophy uh, along, as long as it's working. Obviously, we've had a quarterback situation uh, for them and they've had to manage and try to stay in it with Cooper rush. And they did. Uh, so, you know, I think coming out against the, <clears throat> excuse me, against the lions, it's a great matchup. Um, they're going to be able to do probably whatever they want, uh, against the lions in general, uh, generally speaking, I'm sorry, lions fans. Uh, but they're, you know, this is one of the best matchups for all positions, you know, in fantasy. So, uh, I don't know if they'll come out and start checking it. They'll probably, try to stay balanced, uh, probably see a lot of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard this game just to sort of let uh, Prescott get his uh, feet under him. Uh, but I do have him ranked as a QB1, and I do. I am optimistic that this is a big boost for this entire offense. I think they could look more, you know, more normal. And, you know, I think, you know, Dalton Schultz has some upside now, and, you know, you've got Lamb and, and Gallup and Noah Brown. It's a pretty good trio, and everybody's yeah. healthy there. Uh, so... Uh, you know, you're you're hoping as a, a Zeke manager that uh, you know you get some more touchdowns and some more rushing touchdown opportunities, and that I think the whole offense should be a little bit better. John, the thinnest position in fantasy football looks to be more thin now because you've got two tight ends that could be facing. I don't know. It, it, Andrew says that he's just resting, but he does have a knee, knee injury. Mark Andrews, of course, of the Ravens, and then Darren Waller of the the Raiders, and Waller's been a, a 
big disappointment thus far. And he even said himself this week, he said, quote, this weekend will probably be tough for me. So he's dealing with an injury, doesn't look good. What's your advice for fantasy managers that that have Darren Waller and or Mark Andrews? Uh, yeah, I'm certainly a lot more optimistic about Andrews. I have him in the rankings, and I do, do not have Waller in the rankings. Waller had that hamstring injury prior to the bye and then uh, is still coming out. I believe they had a bye last week. Still coming out uh, uh, injured. Uh, so I, I didn't put him in the rankings for that reason. And, you know, Foster Moreau is is practicing, is more active in practice than what Waller's doing, which is nothing. Uh, so it's not saying a whole lot, but uh, Moreau is a decent pivot. But there are quite a few streaming options this week. You can look in sneaky starts. I listed a bunch of them that uh, might be available on the waiver wire. Uh, I yeah, we're on pins and needles, uh, waiting to see if Mark Andrews practices today. If he's if he's out, we probably should get uh, some sort of report that says, oh, he's he's sitting again, but you know he'll be a game time decision, or he's sitting again, but he will play, or you know if he gets a limited session in. You know, John Harbaugh uh, said that it was rest. So, you know, I'm taking him at his word at this point. And, I, you know, for Mark Andrews, I think it's reasonable that he sits Wednesday and Thursday if he's, his knee's a little bit sore and they, and they want to get him some rest. And we will go over some sneaky starts a little bit later on in the podcast. Let's do our Week 7 injury roundup. And this isn't an injury, but I do want I do want your thoughts on the aforementioned Elijah Moore. He will not play, according to the Jets. So he, he's been involved in trade rumors. So maybe it's a situation where they want to hold him out uh, in case they do trade him. Amon Ross St. Brown did practice in full. Jonathan Taylor practiced in full. So it sounds like a couple of key guys for fantasy managers will be returning. Damian Harris practiced in full on Thursday. So your thoughts on on Stevenson as well, who had a big game last week. Keenan Allen limited on Thursday, but the Chargers do have a, a bye in week eight. Mac Jones says he should be ready for Monday night football. Kenny Pickett cleared protocol and will start for the Steelers. They're, they got the Sunday night game. DeAndre Swift limited on Thursday, pushing to play. J.K. Dobbins did not practice on Thursday. Tyler Lockett back-to-back did not practice. And then Rashad Bateman limited on Thursday. Uh, Jalen Waddle limited on Thursday as well. Yeah, Elijah Moore, which situation is weird. I'm just going to put the positivity out there and hope that the Packers make a a trade offer. They they, they won't. I guess he's made a trade request. So, but they don't, they don't want to trade on the Jets. Uh, they view him as a foundational piece, probably, uh, as they should. He's a really good receiver. He's really talented. would love to see him on the Packers. But they're just going to give him the week off, it sounds like, from a mental health standpoint. he's not. They don't want him playing uh, this upset about his role, which is interesting. Uh, you don't see that a whole lot. Uh, so what that does for the Jets is, you know, Corey Davis looks a little more appealing. Garrett Wilson looks a little more appealing. Uh, and if you're really desperate, uh, Braxton Berrios should see a lot of uh snaps and he's been pretty productive whenever he's played big snaps you might see some uh, Denzel Mims as well this week which is unusual uh just run through some of those names Damian Harris is interesting he's you know he was doing a pregame workout last week and it did seem like he was close this is a, a weird deal with with that because we did get a report after his hamstring injury that this was going to be a multi-week absence and yeah. you know he's coming back pretty quickly uh we have him in FFPC. We're in a dire straits. It's either him or Latavius Murray as our RB2. And I think we're going to wait as long as we can. And, and you know, if it looks like Damian, because he's full on Thursday, that's an indicator that he's going to play. Uh, so I would like to wait on that. 
what does that do to Ramondre? I've gotten to that question a bunch of times. Yeah, he goes from being a top five type play to a higher end RB2. Uh, this is one of those situations where he's played really well. It might have earned a lot. It might have earned a larger role, and you have Harris coming off, you know, kind of gimpy coming off of the uh, hamstring injury. Maybe they don't return him to a full workload. Whereas, you know, Harris is now instead of being a pretty solid RB two, you're looking at him as a high end RB three type player. Uh, you know, in a good matchup against the Bears, and the Bears are pretty bad against the run. Uh, Keenan, I don't know. It sounds like he might sit another week in order to get the extra week of buy. Uh, which is tough for his his managers, but probably makes the most sense for the long long haul. He seems like he's getting closer. Uh, I got to update the projections for Kenny Pickett. Uh, still have Trubisky in there. It looks like he's quickly cleared the concussion protocol, which is unusual. Uh, it seems like it's taking a full week uh, for players to clear it, and he did it in less than a week. So it's just something to monitor. DeAndre Swift situation is doesn't sound great. I mean, pushing to play, might play limited like just doesn't sound great but they play early on sunday so uh, we should know early on and then uh yeah tyler lockett see what he does today it's same as same situation as the mark andrews i'm just waiting to see what he does on friday bateman i think will be back without waddle will be back will be back it does not look like dobbins is going to play i don't know if he tweaked his knee like it sounded like uh on that uh, turf at metlife stadium didn't agree with his knee and they just shut him down. Now, I don't know if that means that he tweaked it and re-injured it because it seems like, you know, sitting on Wednesday and Thursday, something happened. So whether he's able to get out there Sunday or not, it's he's not what he was prior to the, the Giants game. And so then you have Kenyon Drake and you have uh, Justice Hill coming back. So they might say, all right, Dobbins, take the week off. We've got a couple guys that can, you know, deal with the load. And... uh then you're looking at Drake as a pretty good sneaky start, we think, because it was Justice Hill that was actually playing ahead of Drake prior to his injury. So we'll see what right. uh, happens there. Drake looked good, though. Yeah. I, I, if, if I mean, if you're Baltimore, with the way that he gave you that, I mean, his a lot of it, he was just balancing outside. I don't even think he was looking for a lane at, at one point, John. I think he was just like, give me the damn ball, go outside. Uh, but nonetheless, he was using the speed, and he looked, he looked explosive. All right. Let's get into our sleeper sneaky start of the week. As many of you know, John and I use sleeper for our fantasy league and sleeper is one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. If you head to sleeper.com or download the latest app, uh, you can check it out for yourself. But uh, again, John and I've used it in our league over the last couple of years and uh, we, we really like it. So John, without further ado, sleepers sneaky start of the week. And you're, you're actually going with the Packers wide receiver here. You're just, you're just lob lobbying for uh, you know more to come come over from the Jets, but you, you do like one of your backers this week. You can, you can never have too much talent, Anthony. And the, <laughs> the, the Packers are just bursting with talent at the receiver position right now. Uh, but no, I do like Romeo Dobbs. I think he's good. He's had a, a little bit of a quiet spell here. He's but he's seeing tons of snaps. He's playing over ninety percent of the snaps. He's seeing good usage uh, target wise. And he is popping in the breakout receiver model for this week as well. Uh, he has 30 targets in the last four games. Um, and then this is also a matchup play. The The commanders are 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. Uh, he's going to see a lot of Kendall Fuller, uh, William Jackson uh, on the outside. Jackson's dealing with a back injury. They both struggled uh, in coverage. 
So I, I like Dobbs as a uh, as an upside play this week. You know, wide receiver three type, especially in a short week with bye, with bye weeks. I think he's a good play. All right, let's get into the sneaky starts. This is my favorite segment that we do, and this is just uh, kind of a, an appetizer. If you go to 444.com, you can check out John's complete sneaky starts for week seven. He gives you multiple options for quarterback, multiple options for running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So, again, this is just a small sample of what John offers in his 444.com column. So you want to make sure that if you don't have a 444 subscription, you want to check out John's uh, outstanding rankings as well as content like Sneaky Starts. Uh, again, make sure that you pick up a 444.com subscription today. Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the guys, one of the quarterbacks that, that you like heading into this Kansas City game. And Kansas City, John, defensively over the last three weeks have not have not been good. Yeah, and I think I'm going to talk to Josh and see if we can get you uh, a Sneaky Starts t-shirt because you do uh, you, you compliment yeah, you love it. So I, yeah, I think we need my to favorite. get you one. Maybe maybe we could get one uh, up on the in the, the site store. Uh, I like to see some see some t- sneaky starts t-shirts out there. I'll, I'll, I'll just hashtag sneaky starts. I'll wear it. Hashtag. in if we have di- different colors and things like that, I'll wear yeah. one every day. You can have one for each day of the week, like, uh, exactly. like underwear. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's free this week, by the way. This this article. So if you're not a subscriber and just a viewer, uh, you can go and check it out. Uh, Yes, Garoppolo, uh, getting back to it, Garoppolo, you know, the, the Chiefs are 29th adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They've given up a, a league-high 15 touchdown passing touchdowns this season, uh, the sixth most, pa- six most passing yards per game at 266. Garoppolo, for his part, has been solid as a streamer, 296 and 2, 253 and 2 in the last two weeks, and has cleared uh, 16.7 fantasy points in three of five games this year. I, I would expect that the Chiefs are going to put up some points on this banged-up 49ers defense, uh, and I think that the 49ers are not going to be able to just ground and pound and do you know try to control the ball. They're going to have to throw it. So Jimmy G is a good start this week. And then moving over to running backs, well, we just we just talked about Kenyon Drake, but uh, Kenyon Drake, and you you highlighted and you kind of you handed out the qualifier here in that. Justice Hill was running ahead of Kenyon Drake before his injury. Uh, but again, with the way that Kenyon Drake looked last week against a very underrated Giants defense, uh, I love this play as well. Yeah, and the one caveat here is is uh, Gus Edwards. Uh, his window, I guess, doesn't close until Monday, so they could wait that long to activate him. But I guess he looks good, so he might actually be active as well. If he's active, then that makes things very interesting in this backfield with, with Drake, Edwards, and... Uh, Justice Hill, all active, uh, you know, assuming Dobbins is is out. So I'll just throw out, since we talked about Drake earlier, I'll also throw out Brian Robinson for the uh, commanders. Uh, you know, not a passing game guy uh, at all, but the the Packers are pretty bad against the run this year. They're 15th in adjusted fantasy points all to running backs, but they've given, the second, given up the second most rushing yards to running backs, uh, 719, which is equates to 120 yards per game. Uh, and Robinson dominated the carries uh, for the for the uh, commanders in week six with 17 carries into 60 yards and a touchdown last week. Um, so I would expect something like that again, 60, 70 yards, maybe more uh, and with a pretty good chance at a touchdown. All right. And then let's get to a uh, uh, tight end. Evan Ingram. I know last week he was in our breakout model our breakout receiver model. And I can't I can't remember how he finished up. I think he was OK. Um, but yeah. Evan Ingram in in what John I remember you used to used to we used to highlight at least one revenge game a week. And this is this falls into the revenge game category, John. 
Uh, yeah, uh, this. let's take a look at how he did last week. I think he did pretty well. Five for 40 on six targets. So the usage is there. I mean, that's yeah. it's solid for what the tight end position is right now. You're basically hoping for that plus a touchdown, and then you really scored a, a, as a streamer, uh, you know, if you're, if you're streaming some of these guys. But I think the key with Engram is he's seen 16 targets in the last two weeks with 11 car- uh, catches for 109 yards. Uh and I'm sure he's talking to his positional coach and the offensive coordinator saying, can we get a red zone, you know, target for me against the giants uh, team, you know, players love to play against their old teams. And, you know, some, some teams don't care about it when, you know, running their call on their offense or whatever, but it does seem like they get a red zone opportunity, a scoring opportunity because players love to score against their old team, especially if things didn't end on the greatest note. Um, the giants just gave up seven, uh, for 106 and a touchdown to Mark Andrews. Obviously, that's Mark Andrews, uh, but you know, maybe you cut that in half and you got a pretty good game out of out of Ingram. All right, and then as we move on to our breakout receiver model, this is a this is a system that um, John, you have kind of not taken over, but but this is this is a model that you work with 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 several other people on four for four, and you've really turned it into not only uh, an opportunity to look at the data, but also give some context behind it too at 444.com, but who's popping in this week's model? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hicks has taken over the article. Uh, I built a model with Kevin Zatlukal, one of our data scientists. Uh, really, he's a really sharp guy. He was great to bounce ideas off of when testing this model. And this week, or last week we had the Jamar Chase blew up. Hmm. Um, and there's a few other pretty good, pretty good plays coming out of it, but, Jamar Chase was the big one. Uh, Deontay Johnson has has appeared in the model a few times. I think um, it's a little bit it's a little bit dicey with Kenny Pickett coming back. Uh, Kenny Pickett seems to uh, jive better with uh, Pickens and with Freermuth, um, but Deontay Johnson still is getting enough usage that he, he's due for a touchdown. Basically, uh, Mike Williams with Keenan Allen still iffy. I think this is a good week. Uh, Mike Williams is actually number two in the model uh, with uh, 12.2 fantasy points over the last three weeks. Expected 14.2. He has a good efficiency over previous 10 games uh, prior to the span. Uh, He looks like a good start. And then the other guy I would like to mention, and I don't think I put him in sneaky starts, but Matt Collins might be back with, uh, you know, back in the fold a little bit with, uh, with Waller out. There might be a few extra targets. I mean, I think Hunter at Renfro probably benefits the most. From Waller's absence, uh, I mean, along with Foster Moreau, if he can play, but there might be a few extra targets for Matt Collins, and he, you know, he had some uh, big games already this year. Uh, not a terrible uh, like dart throw uh, there with Matt Collins. Want to check out the entire article for uh, the breakout receiver models? Make make sure you go to four for four dot com. You can give us a follow at. 444 underscore John. I'm at Anthony Stalter. You can see it right there at the bottom of the screen. Uh, We'll be back next Friday for the most accurate podcast. So everybody, good luck. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate um, you're checking out all the uh, great work that John puts together at 444.com. But don't forget, there's DFS, there's betting articles as well at 444.com and and the, uh, the data that is collected and then kind of, you know, given out. If you're a DFS player and you're just looking to play the Sunday nights later, the Monday nights later, the Thursday nights later, we have articles that, that specify for that. Uh, TJ Hernandez does a great job with ownership when it comes to DFS. And of course, John, um, one of the best in the business when it comes to his uh, his rankings each and every week. So we appreciate all the hard work uh, for 
four for four. And we appreciate you guys not only tuning into this podcast, but checking out the content. So uh, John, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Let's get through, get through week seven. We'll tackle week eight. Yeah, there you, there you have it. All right. For John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next Friday on the